Happy Sabbath, everyone. It's good to see the sun shining today here in Cincinnati. That is quite nice. There's two massive lakes, if you look uh, at a map, in the country of Sweden. Two massive ones. Uh, if you look just from a sky view, you can't miss them. They're massive. Uh, the second largest island has, or the second largest lake has an island in the middle, and its name is Visingso. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, Visingso. Uh, there is a massive forest of oak trees on this little island. All of the trees are about the same height because they were planted at about the same time. Uh, 1830, actually, is when they first started planting, almost 200 years ago. When the Swedes realized that this island was the ideal place to grow oaks specifically, they started planting. And over a 10-year span, they planted over 300,000 oak trees on this little island. The reason? Well, they were just coming off the Napoleonic Wars, and the Navy was a major part. They could foresee that their country was going to need ships. And so these ships in 1830 were made of wood. They were made of wood. And oak was the preferred hardwood to construct ships. Now, I was reading about this in an article that a friend sent over to me in uh, Atlas Obscura, and it says this. Knowing how slowly the trees grow, the Navy was thinking awfully far ahead to supply itself with material to keep afloat well into the 20th century. But by the time the trees were ready, almost 150 years later, they showed no interest in using them, having long converted ship holes, hulls crafted from iron and steel. It seemed, as I was going through this article, that the tone, I can't always read the tone of uh, what the written word says, but they're like, look what Sweden did. They made all these trees, and they didn't end up using them for ships. <laughs> but when I read it, that is not how I took it at all. I wondered, what kind of foresight does it take to put in effort when you won't even see the benefits of that effort? The fruits of the work that they put in had a 150-year payoff. And the people who embarked in this, they wouldn't see any of the benefits. They were planting seeds for the future. The people who were planting it, the people who were putting the little plastic soda bottles around it to protect it, they weren't going to see the fruit of it. That was a joke. There weren't soda bottles 100, 200 years ago, 300 years, 200 years ago. Let's go to Matthew 6. Matthew 6. I thought this story was fascinating, that they were looking so far ahead that they wouldn't even see the benefit of this, but they saw a need, and they wanted to take care of it ahead of time. So let's go to Matthew 6 and start reading in verse 19. Jesus is teaching here, and he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. It's a very familiar scripture to us. But storing treasures up in heaven, what does that mean exactly? I mean, we've read the scripture quite a few times in our, in our lives. Does it mean simply just tithing when I'm storing up my money and paying off my tithe? Is that? No, that's, that's not what it's talking about. 
We're called to a life of transformation. You and I are called to daily renew ourselves, and we become this sort of new man. And storing up treasures is counted by our acts of obedience to God. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of we're counting up our acts and, you know, we're slowly earning it, like checking off a box. But what I'm trying to say is that when I overcome and I continue in the battle against sin and my human nature, I am investing in character that will last forever. I'm, in, I'm investing in character that will last forever. Nothing else that we're involved in, really, in this lifetime, will last forever. Not our homes, not our yards, <laughs> not even our finances. None of these things will last forever. But what's interesting is that we can gain spiritual principles and spiritual insight in all these endeavors. We can learn hard work and grit and discipline, self-control. Those are the things that will last forever. Here in Matthew, we're told what kind of priorities we should have so that we don't get discouraged. Because when we do have things break down in our life, it is a little bit discouraging. But if we look just past that, just past our here and now, and look beyond, we see that what we're really building towards isn't just this life here today, but what we are looking forward to in the future. Things do break down and they do get stolen, stolen, but by planting the seeds of spiritual growth and character, we're going to see a payoff uh, in the future. Now, that is difficult sometimes. It is difficult sometimes to put in the work and not see any benefit. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that point in a little bit. So if that's what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to lay up treasures in heaven, when is a good time for us to start that? When do we do that? Let's go to Ecclesiastes 12. Ecclesiastes 12. This was the camp theme from, uh, for the UIC camps just a few years ago. And in verse 1, we read, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come and the years draw near. Remember the cre- your Creator in the days of your youth. This past feast, I heard a fantastic message by a new friend who I just met. And he said a couple things that I honestly I wished I heard when I was a teenager or a young adult growing up in the church. And he said this, he says that we're told in Deuteronomy to seek God. And when you seek him with all your heart and all your strength and all your soul, that's the way we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to seek him in that way. And he said, have you really done that? I thought, oh, that's that's a great question. If we're supposed to seek God and we're supposed to find him, In what way should we be doing that? With all your strength, with all your heart, and with all your soul. I remember sitting there thinking, man, that... It is easy to get distracted by the cares of today. And have I really invested absolutely everything, my hope, my thoughts, my trust, in God and Jesus? Because if we do that, 
If you do that, you will see that his way works. Have you really tried to diligently seek God with all of your heart, all of your strength, and all of your soul? The best time to start planting seeds of spiritual growth, treasures in heaven, is today. For you young people, it's today. For your older people, it's today. For you older, older people, it's today. It's today. Do it today. Seek God with all of your strength, all of your heart, and all of your soul. You won't grow close to God by just letting it happen. It takes this kind of diligence, this kind of action, to store up treasures in heaven. Try it and see. Give it a shot. You'll have a better life. How so? You will have more confidence in God when a trial hits. You will have more hope. You'll have more understanding. And you will be able to set yourself aside when something difficult comes along. It says here, before the difficult days come. Seek God now. Seek him now. Because like investing in your future, the best time to do it is when you're young. You'll, as you go through high school, you'll start to hear people say, start investing now your money. <laughs> and it will pay off for you later on. Like the trees that we saw Sweden do, it is best to start today. Today is the time to do that. And it is also true with spiritual matters. Do it today. Now this was written in Ecclesiastes by Solomon, who was very wise. And some of the wisdom that he gained came from the social experiment of trying everything, living as lavishly as he could. All the riches that he uh, had, he was able to basically have anything. And the conclusion he came to is everything else is basically worthless. Vanity is the word that he used. That was his conclusion. So today is the time to remember to make sure that you are putting God first and you are diligently seeking him every day. Remember it today. Remember it tomorrow. Remember it next week. Remember it every day. And doing this is an investment that is going to last far more than just the 150 years of these trees that were planted on this small island in Sweden. Now, like I said, sometimes it's hard. You and I wake up every day, and we are putting on, uh, putting on spiritual character. We're denying ourselves things that you know, the world tells us, oh, no, it's good for you to have that. We, we say no to hard, to hard things. And it's sometimes difficult to put forth an effort and not see an immediate benefit. Now, that's not, all, that's, not, that's not completely true. We will see that here in just a second. But when you, put forth, forth, when you put forth the work, you like to see the efforts of your labor. Let's go to Hebrews 11. I'm not going to any new scriptures today. But all these things came together when I read this article. I thought it was, it was rather insightful in spiritual matters of our lives. Hebrews 11. Verse 13 says this, These died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And they were assured of them, embraced them, 
and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 16, but now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he prepared a city for them. When I read this, I find this absolutely comforting. Because we look at these people and we see, man, they, these, they are faithful, they're heroes, we, we, we look up to them. And they had full lives, just like you and I do. They had times of successes, times of difficulties, and they were able to see what God had promised them and trust in it. If you go back to verse 10 here in the same chapter, it's talking specifically about Abraham here. And it says, he waited. Well, actually, let's, let's start in verse 9. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise. So here he came into this land that was promised to him as, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents. So here's the land I'm going to give you. And he's like, well, I'm going to live in a tent. Why? Why is he living in a tent? Verse 10, he waited for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He was already looking forward. He was already looking to that country that God has promised. I look to these guys and I think this is, this is fantastic. And I'm, I am humbled to read their stories. And it's encouraging. It's encouraging to read these stories of faith. They chose to love him with all their hearts, their thoughts, and their souls. And they saw that, they, that God has something in store for them. And they planted spiritual seeds of faith, of trust and obedience. In the meantime, as we look forward to the future, there are benefits that we see by living this way of life, isn't it? Of course, we see the end goal. We see the coming kingdom of God. We see a coming kingdom of peace that he promised. Uh, but every day, even during the hard times, there are other benefits that we do see. I think the peace of mind of trusting in God is something you, you can't really explain to people. When you say, you know, I have this faith and I have this trust in God, and it really does just give me peace. That's one of the benefits of following God's way of life. I think solid way of living of life, the benefits of a moral life, you know, it gives us direction and it gives us purpose. That's another benefit. But also it gives us hope, and it's also how we grow in faith. The trees in Sweden, they were not a waste. They were not even uh, an act of bad planning. They were a product of the people investing in their future. And they use those trees today. The, the, having oak trees in abundance is not a bad thing. They use it today for other lumber needs in the country, furniture, flooring, and even barrels of whiskey. Living this close to Kentucky, I think we understand. The preparation... For, was for one purpose, but they're still being used today. We are not the only ones doing a work today. Jesus told us that God the Father works, and he says that I work. And what does he say he's doing? He says that he's going to go and prepare a place for you, for me. He's also investing time for the future. And that in future includes you. And it includes me. So we may only see some of the blessings, and sometimes it may be difficult. It may feel like we're looking to a far-off country. 
But we do have blessings every day. And that's okay. Because we can trust in the investment in the future. Because we know that also God is trusting, or we can trust God in the promises that he has for us, but also for all mankind.